From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. TGIF, welcome to the program. Thanks for waking up early in the morning. And you're listening to WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station. But you know that because you did it. Great comeback story. I'm a big fan of comeback stories. And where Tiger Woods is concerned, I'm never, I'm never surprised. I had a brief conversation with the great golfer Jim Fraser. And Jim was not surprised. But Jim just doesn't just throw out... A comment like that. He backs it up. He said Tiger Woods would never have done this. Too proud. And if he was not ready to compete at this level, he wouldn't have done it. Now you think about, and we don't really, I've really made it my business to look into exactly what happened to him. Most people have no idea. He came very, very close to amputation. It is beyond amazing that he's out there can he hold up for four rounds can he hold up coming back to back uh the weather is going to be very nasty today which is a shame and tiger gets a break because he had an early time yesterday and a later time start time today but the worst weather at augusta will be when he's playing so uh you never know if um a lot of this is luck golf is not just skill when your tee off time is, how many times have you heard, for example, at the British Open where the weather can be absolutely ridiculous, unplayable, but yet maybe if you got to go out early or if you played late and the and it got still and there was no wind and you could tear it up. Very, um, it's a sport that I have a lot of respect for. Uh, I also don't like certain things because elements that come into play for some, but not for all, makes it not, well, to put it blunt, not fair. So Tiger Woods, we'll see what happens. How, how did he do? He looked, he looked great. The 18th hole, I think, was indicative of how gritty and how ready he is because he hit a bad tee shot and hadn't really had any like that the whole round. And scrambled, they call it, and got it up and down and didn't give up his round where if he had bogeyed, it would have been even. I think it's psychologically and I think also it matters uh, that he's in the red, that he's one under. Playing, and I didn't mention this in, in the lead, playing his first round of competitive golf in a PGA Tour event. In 500 days. I really um, am disappointed because my day was not my own. And I wanted to watch Tiger play. And I just couldn't. And my job got in the way. But I think, let's see. I think he was finishing up the 15th hole. 
when I had the opportunity to turn it on. And then I did watch him play 16, 17, and 18. And I guess a part, a little bit of 15. And I thought, wow, this is great. So he was he was in ninth place, but you had a bunch of people out on the course still. Let me just check something real quick. He was ninth when I checked. But there again, there were a lot of people playing. Let's see. Tied for 10th. Bunch of people are one under. Several people are two under. One, two, three, four people are three under. One person is four under. And the leader is five under. Last name Im. I am. Tiger Woods tees off at 1.41 p.m. So really one of the latest tee times there there is. There are there is a um, a group going out at two o three p.m. Tiger, I believe, is at one forty one p.m. But let me check one forty one p.m. and the weather is going to be atrocious, very very windy. You had players yesterday. Tiger had to do it a few times. I've seen it happen. The wind can actually. Not only affect the the direction of the ball. I mean, you've seen it where it just it just move. It's not like ever so slightly. It can move the ball dramatically. Tiger, I think it was on. Let me think. Seventeen, maybe. Yeah, I think it was seventeen. Had a tremendous birdie putt. I mean, as true as it gets. And you could really go out the holes. Because the course had taken a lot of rain and they were playing slow. So you could really, really have at it. And he hit a just a beautiful, I mean, really firm center cut. A lot of break. And uh, he looked phenomenal. On 18, though, you saw, you saw the human element, though. Because he can't get all the way down to actually size up the putt the way that he used to. So it's like a half crouch. But he did the half crouch and buried. Buried at 17 and buried it at 18. Which I thought I thought saving par on 18 was huge. Later in his career I noticed that a lot of times he would bogey. If you did the stat, and I can't tell you how many, but it's just something I've noticed, where Tiger would bogey the 18th hole. Inexplicably. And he's not a choker. Obviously, he's, he has made so many clutch shots. But just something that I noticed, and I thought that was very, very good. Let me tell you, if he can hang in there today, the viewership for the weekend will be absolutely incredible. Huge Tiger fan, not a fan. And people get mad at me because, you know, obviously he, you know, his personal behavior was was just horrific. But just a huge fan of his, his game 
his ability to endure pain. If you think he's out there and that this is honky-dory and everything, he was asked, I don't remember who it was that asked him, but it was reported during the telecast yesterday that he was asked, how was your pain level One out of 1 to 10? And Tiger said 5, which is not – if you've ever measured your own pain, if you're right there in the middle, it's not comfortable. It's not unbearable, but it's not insignificant either. So I'm very impressed. I, again, I don't know. I, I Let me tell you, the, the, this is what he's capable of. Tiger Woods is capable of winning the whole darn thing. And I know that seems impossible. The, the story about that, if he could win this in the first, because he did it last time, several years back, won the Masters, I think it was, after a, 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 almost an experimental back surgery where there was no understanding whether he would be ever able to play again. This would be this would be Ben Hogan-esque if you know the Ben Hogan story and the horrific crash that he survived but how busted up if I'm not mistaken he was in the hospital I think for a year Something very, very extended and major. And he came back to win in in horrible pain. But he came back to win. This would be the legend of Tiger Woods. If he could win another major, even win another tournament. Not that he needs a nut. He's already Hall of Fame and they lowered the age five years. He got in earlier than he would have. But this would just add to the incredible legend that is Tiger Woods. I think Tiger Woods is better than Jack Nicholas. Jack Nicholas won more more majors. Uh, I think if Tiger had not messed up his personal life, I think he would have won more majors. I don't think he will win more than Jack. He is 15 at this point. Uh, I don't think he's going to catch him, but I think he's a better player. And, and I do believe... That Tiger also faces much more parity and much more competition than Jack Nicholas ever did. And don't don't get me wrong, I love the Golden Bear, and probably until Tiger, the Golden Bear was my favorite. Not probably, Jack Nicholas was my favorite golfer of all time, and he's still right there. But I think if I had to pick between Tiger Woods. And Jack Nicholas, I've picked Tiger Woods, not the man, but the player. And when you add what he's doing now, I, I and uh, let me say this real quick because I do have to get the break in. I could see him. Win, and I don't want to have it. I don't want to have like my cake and eat it too. I'm just saying you can't be shocked where Tiger is concerned. So if he won it, I would not be flabbergasted. If he competes well. And is up there, but, you know, top 10, 20 or so, 30, I wouldn't be surprised. And if he doesn't make it through all four rounds, I think he'll make the cut. Although today is going to be a really big test because he's not in great, you know, he's in great physical shape, as good as he can be. And a little thing that nobody's really talking about, he had to bulk up in his shoulder area because he's had to 
compensate for what his leg can no longer do. It's really remarkable how he can reinvent. But I believe he'll make the cut. I don't know if he can make all four rounds. I hope he can. I'd hate to see him playing in contention and have to leave. Now, if he gets smoked out, makes the cut barely, and after the third round, he's way out of it, maybe it's not a great idea to play the fourth round, and you just say, look, it's a pretty good comeback. Had a really good first round, you know, hung in there, made the cut, and not in it, so don't push it, because he's not, he has not done, he's done 18 holes on on a number of occasions, but he hasn't done 18 holes walking and then coming back and having to do it again the next day and the next day and the next day. All right, it's break time. We'll be back. It's early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 South Jersey's number one talk station. Fox News commentary. I'm Jimmy Fallon, and I'll tell you about corporate America's latest crack problem next. Any supplier can drop a box outside your door. But if you want a partner who delivers great customer service too, rely on Cintas. Your dedicated service reps can deliver what you need to help your business run smoothly. From essential cleaning products to hygienically cleaned apparel, fire protection services to first aid and safety supplies. That service you can't get from a box. Oh, I'm ready! Visit Cintas.com and get ready for the workday. Cracker Jack has rebranded to Cracker Jill in an effort to, quote, promote women's sports. If you're wondering, the new recipe does not contain peanuts, which is fine because there were plenty of nuts in the boardroom when they came up with this. Here's the thing, and let me be upfront about the fact that I am not a woke marketing genius, but if we really want to promote women's sports, maybe start by kicking out the biological men. Because until we do that, there are no women's sports, only empty platitudes like this one designed to make women feel cared about while woke companies completely erase them. And to be clear, I'm not against trans athletes. I think we should let trans athletes compete against other trans athletes where there's no biological advantage. Of course, that's not Cracker Jack's call to make. I just wish they would have thought outside the box, if you will. Because pandering moves like this can make female athletes take their eye off the ball. And if they're not careful, pretty soon Cracker Jack fans won't be the only ones working for peanuts. I'm Jimmy Fallon. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thanks. Welcome back at 23 minutes past the hour. Well, this is not going to be any shocker. Uh, Rasmussen Reports did a poll, and uh, this just in, the majority of Americans say that Biden, Joe Biden, is bad for America. <gasps> what a what a cliffhanger. Who would have who would have thought 52 percent of voters believe the Joe Biden presidency has been, quote, bad for America? Forty two percent think a second Trump presidency would be the course correction the nation needs. When Look, here's, here's my belief. And I don't know the atmosphere when we had the only other time that this happened uh, when a president lost and four years later came back and beat the same person that beat him. It's only happened one time in history. But it would be just – Now, again, when I say I don't know the circumstances back then, I do know the circumstances now very well and and would say that I've covered it closer or as close as anyone in the country, in the media. 
And President Trump got ripped off of a second term. Let's just be honest about it. Whether you hate him and you love that it happened, just enjoy your, your crookedness and, and, you know, but you know it too. This Joe Biden presidency is a fraud. It's a complete fraud. And I mean that in, in every sense. Never should have happened. Shouldn't even have been the Democrat nominee. The Democrats couldn't even get it right. The media's dishonesty, social media, completely corrupt and dishonest. Throw in a pandemic, throw in the Democrats taking full advantage of the pandemic in terms of changing the way that we vote. And remember, please, I told you two years before the election. I said, President Trump, and I didn't know there would be a pandemic, but I said, President Trump is going to have to win by a lot in order to win by a little. I was watching Zuckerberg. I was watching the Soros Project. I was watching the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And after the bottom of the hour break, I have some very encouraging news about the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. I don't have time to do it now. But just put a bookmark there because we're going to come back to it. We're going to come back to it strong. I have a very important update about that. But I told you in advance, they're changing the way people vote, the methodology and and so on. They're changing that you don't need signature verification. Or they're making it so that ballots that would be discounted because they are suspect would automatically be counted. I said, when you add all these things up and we're talking about battleground states that would be relatively close if there wasn't dishonesty. And if anybody out there really believes that we have honest elections in this country, I think you can still have an honest election at the local level, the county level and and even the state level. But what goes on in these national elections now, some of you say, well, that's – but they are local, county and state. It's, it's – they're in the same election. No, it's different. You, the ballot harvesting that happens, uh, the, the flat-out fraud, blatant cheating, no, it's not the same. Left to its own devices, Trump would have won re-election. There was everything from manipulation to changing all these things, and I saw it. I saw it in advance. I wasn't surprised how it ended. Who could who could possibly? I mean, and he still set a record number of Republican votes ever. It's, it's quite incredible in the headwinds that he faced. But how could you overcome a once in more than 100 year pandemic? And every single crooked institutional advantage that Democrats took in light of it and what they were doing before it. I told you back in 2016, it's hard to believe how fast this is all going. You get, you, sometimes you get, you have to think about it for a second. I told you back then, social media would never allow Trump to do what he did again. I said it in real time. I saw it. I said, oh, they're not going to let this happen again. Trump mastered social media and the way they um, just calibrated 
the election. And remember, it was it was electorally not that close, but it was a very close election. Hillary Clinton was almost as close to beating President Trump. Doesn't seem like it, but she was as Trump was to defeating Biden. But we have to keep an eye on this stuff. And I do believe I'm not I'm not comfortable yet, but I do believe that Republicans learn their lesson and we see that things are not going to be the same in Georgia. That's going to be buttoned down. And I'm going to tell you right after the break about Pennsylvania. I have very good news. Also. Either after that or after our last break of this hour, then we'll have the last 10 minutes of the hour. I want to tell you about a name you probably don't know. Jack Maxey, M-A-X-E-Y. He's a whistleblower. He should be famous, but he's not famous. But what I'm going to share with you is very, very important. That's coming up as well. It's 30 minutes past the hour on WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station. I am early in the morning. And, oh, we've got some pretty neat things I'm going to be sharing with you. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. Into a second day of a lot of buzz about my article about Ernest Corsi calling Egg Harbor Township, quote, a white town and quote three stories that you can follow on our wpg talk radio 95.5 app that one along with stockton university returning officially the carnegie center or carnegie library to atlantic city watch atlantic city blow that and stockton university has released a poll minority views versus the other democrat subsets from the Townsboro, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero. After two days of record-breaking rainfall, I'm happy to say today looks great. Probably the nicest day of the next several. Yay. Mostly sunny skies and mild temperatures for South Jersey. High temperature around 64. Partly cloudy tonight with a chance of spotty rain showers after midnight. Low of 47. We could see a few more hit-or-miss showers tomorrow. Otherwise, clouds and some sun. Saturday's high temperature, 57. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM, 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. Thank you, great one. And I come bearing what I think is great news. There may just be a GOP registration surge in Pennsylvania. See, one of the one of the upsides to a majority going bonkers and and doing what they always do, and that's just going too far, too far out of the mainstream is you really do motivate the other side that doesn't want any more of it. And and in fact, we'll we'll make sure that they can do everything in their power to make sure that you make a course correction. So. This is Reuters data. It's not it's not work that I've done. But in the Reuters data, it reveals that Republicans in Pennsylvania are registering former Democrats at four times the rate 
of the reverse happening, meaning Republicans turning to Democrat. Now, I'm not being political when I say you don't have anybody doing that, really. Who the hell wants to be a member of that sick, twisted, crazy party? I mean, I'm listening to Chuck Schumer say how great a day this is. that Finally, we have an African-American woman on the Supreme Court when there could have been one more than two decades ago. But Joe Biden and the Democrats stopped it. I don't remember anybody calling them racist back then. But if you were concerned that Ketanji Brown Jackson's decisions are scary, you, of course, are a racist. It's sick. Such a sick time in American history. The Reuters report adds more credence to speculation of Republicans, quote, tipping the proverbial scales in the November midterm elections, perhaps reclaiming the national majority in the House and Senate chambers. The media doesn't want to admit it, and they hated they hated it in 1994, and they said it wasn't happening, that it wasn't a matter of if the Democrats would keep power. It was a matter of by how many seats would they lead, and of course they lost both spectacularly. I've made it clear. I don't know that this will be 64 House seats like what happened in Obama's first midterm. That's really tough to do, and especially in this current environment. And look, the Democrats, I don't give them credit, but I call them out for it. They have rigged many districts around this country and taken Republicans completely out of play. Four districts in New York. They've done it in Pennsylvania to some extent and elsewhere. So this is not, I don't think it will be 60 But I do believe it will be in the realm of 25 to 35, maybe even 40. And then if it's more than more than that, I'll just be pleasantly pleased. Raphael Warnock, uh, he's losing right now to Herschel Walker. That's a good thing. Raphael Warnock, we wish him well. Personally, he's uh, been infected with COVID-19 quite a congressional surge of that you've got susan collins you have nancy pelosi a number of other people between the senate and the house i think eight members so that's eight out of 535 that's no joke and there is a new variant that's here in the country here's the math democrats maintain a registered voter advantage in Pennsylvania of 4 million Democrats to 3.4 million Republicans. This is as of March 28th. That's, it is what it is. However, this represents the Democrats' smallest advantage since 2005. That is good news. Want to hear some more good news? Along these same lines, Florida and Nevada are posting similar registration rates among new Republicans, coinciding with the Democrats 
declining in both Florida and Nevada. Now, we know how close Nevada was in 2020 for the presidential election. This is really good news. I mean, when you look at Pennsylvania in 2020, and we know, I I say we know, I know in my heart. I can't prove what happened, but I know something happened. When President Trump was up 400, 500,000 votes, and then the, the cavalry comes in with all these perfect paper ballots, something happened. Exactly what I don't know, but something happened. Still... Biden beat President Trump in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania by 1%. Very, very winnable in the midterm elections for for a number of different candidates. And it would be great if Pennsylvania elected a Republican governor. Tom Wolf is just horrible. And then in two years... The Republican candidate, especially if it's Trump, I think would have a very, very good chance. Senator Pat Toomey, Republican, sort of, opted not to run for re-election. So this is part of why keeping the Senate is going to be challenging. When we come back, I'm going to introduce you to Jack Maxey right here on South Jersey's number one talk station, WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Open forum next hour. Senator Vince Palestina in the 8 o'clock hour. And a gigantic panel from Atlantic Prevention Resources presents, and this will be a very timely discussion in the run-up to next week's, and I think it's going to be very well attended, the rally against smoking in the Atlantic City casinos, that issue is gaining steam. It looked like it was going to be fast-tracked. Uh, then all of a sudden, and nobody's admitting it, but the test of time proves it, all of a sudden, uh, someone seems to have put the brakes on the smoking issue to some extent. Uh, a lot to talk about in the 9 o'clock hour as well. This is... Early in the morning... WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station. Thank you for that. It is 48 minutes past the hour. Okay, so here is somebody you may not even know lives, breathes, exists. Jack Maxey, M-A-X-E-Y, is a whistleblower. He has... Hunter Biden's laptop computer. He got it because Steve Bannon picked him to work as his researcher. You know, you, you just because you have data. When I interviewed Miranda Devine, one of the things I talked to her about was when you get so much information, you know, it, I can tell you as somebody that writes multiple pieces of content every day. At least two, usually three. And of course, does this program five days a week, four hours and six minutes. It's easier to get a little bit of information and get your head around it and formulate a way of disseminating the information than when you get inundated 
And I posed the question to Miranda Devine. You actually have so much information that is it a challenge? And I didn't I, I think I used the word to catalog it, you know, this kind of thing. And she said that, you know, nobody had asked her that. And it's absolutely true. You get so much information. I mean, look, this guy, Jack Maxey, he found one hundred and twenty thousand deleted emails, one hundred and twenty thousand and eighty thousand photographs. So let me tell you a little bit about this guy. He has no confidence uh, in our government for good reason. He said that he believes that U.S. intelligence agencies took down files that he put online. This is how corrupt this government is. I'm telling you, 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 you think you do. You have no idea how filthy, dirty this Biden government is. You have no idea. You only think you do. So this guy, Maxie, was smart. He gave the files to the Daily Mail. How long have I been telling you you have to go to the United Kingdom and elsewhere to get the truth out in America because the, the American media and American social media are corrupt? They're, they're Democrat political operatives. We do not have news anymore. Quote, what bothers me is that we live in this great country and we try to think of ourselves as an ethical nation. And it seems to me that myself and a few other hardcore people are the only ones who care, Maxie said. Quote, I can count on 10 fingers the people who have helped me, the people who have shown concern for this over the last year. And I told you earlier, Maxie uh, confirms that he came into possession of Hunter Biden's hard drive while working for Steve Bannon. Now enter into the scene John Paul Mac Isaac. John Paul Mac Isaac owned, I have to say that in the past tense, because they destroyed him too, this corrupt government. John Paul Mac Isaac owned the Wilmington, Delaware computer repair shop where Hunter Biden left his laptop. And, they, and think about it. They lied about that it was even Hunter Biden's laptop. So you think they're not going to do everything they can to keep anything that's in it secret as long as they can? First, their goal was make it disappear like David Copperfield and a, and a 757 airplane. Hey, where'd the airplane go? It's disappeared. I don't know. They They had to get it past the election that was the first directive then it's how long can we continue to lie and get away with it so maxi after showing the hunter biden hard drive to a friend maxi said he was advised to put part of it online for his own protection so that those who don't want it exposed would know he has the power to expose it all so actually, whoever told him that, it's really good advice. Those who keep their head down, get their head blown off. You got to come out. You can't. I, I've given this advice for more than three decades. You, 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 you cannot. If you know something. And there's a concern of what you will do with it. To protect yourself. 
Again, this is Harry Hurley, life coach. You have to get it out there and you have to place it in multiple locations so that you're protected. Go watch the movie with Michael Douglas. Um, I forget the young male actor, but he was in the uh, the reboot of uh, Dallas. And he had a big, big role in that. You would know him as soon as you saw him. I forget his name. And see what government people are capable of doing. It's a fantastic movie. Michael Douglas is a prosecutor who would have been the governor of the state. Very corrupt. Check it out. And you'll see what government is capable of doing. Quote, this is uh, Jack Maxey speaking. Quote, we chose five different drop boxes around the world. One in New Zealand, two in the United States, two in the United Kingdom. In each case, the material that we put on there, and it was a relatively small amount, 8,000 emails, they were taken down in under 70 minutes, seven zero, 70 minutes. I would say that the vast majority were taken down in under 15 minutes. This is like when Obama's daughter, and I don't want to get into people's kids. I didn't like it when they did it to Bush's. I never did it to Chelsea. I never did it to any of them. But they've scrubbed the Internet. This is They have the power to just make stuff disappear. And they, and they use it. And nobody talks about it. Quote, at that point, he said that he has been followed by black SUVs. He then decided it was safer to go to Switzerland, where he has friends who can help him with the project, and he feels somewhat less vulnerable to harassment. Quote, even so, quote, I'm constantly reminded that I'm American and plenty of better men than me are taking dirt naps. I'm going to keep my oath to defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. He said, my objective is, quote, to expose the truth. So do you see? Uh, first, you had the um, John Paul Mac Isaac. And nobody, nobody wanted the, the FBI. Nobody wanted the hard drive. No, 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 no. I mean, it's like Barnabas Collins and somebody was holding up a cross. Ah! I mean, they, they, they didn't want it. Imagine that. Then, of course, we know they lost it when they did get it. Oh, yeah, well, I don't know where it is. Oh, really? That's all right. We got 10 other copies. Oh, really? We found it. Oh. Jack Maxey confirmed that there are photographs of young females in the Hunter Biden laptop. So. Young, does that mean young adult? Does that mean child pornography? I don't know what it means. Young females. He confirmed that as well. So I wanted to uh, let you in on that. That's Jack Maxey, who maybe you'll never hear about again. In case you thought 
that everybody at NBC was kumbaya, happier than, is there an expression, happy as a clam? Which I know there is, but I don't under, understand what it even means. What does happy as a clam mean? See if Siri knows. Hey, Siri, what does happy as a clam mean? Here it is. What does happy as a clam mean? The phrase happy as a clam in high water is a simile that is used to describe a person who is happy. So the phrase happy as a clam in high water. Okay, there you go. Well, if you thought that the NBC journalists were happy as a clam about Jen Psaki eventually being hired, what looks to be in the near future, they're not. Noah Oppenheim, the NBC News president, had to hold an impromptu phone call with journalists, and he doesn't even oversee MSNBC. And people are furious that Jen Psaki is coming to MSNBC. They believe that she's going to, and it's kind of it's kind of hilarious going to destroy their brand as though though these fools haven't been doing the best job of that to begin with hilarious isn't it but just in case you think like sometimes we think of all of this as a monolith they're all they all share a similar agenda but there's no love lost i mean between these these folks they're not happy at all that Jen Psaki's coming on board which I mentioned that because it might be counter maybe even directly opposite what you would think would be the truth that she would just be welcome like a, a celebrity and and welcome we're so happy uh no not at all just the opposite does it surprise you doesn't surprise me they're jackals WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts. Phone lines are open. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. It's six minutes past the hour. It is a pleasure to welcome back to Hurley in the Morning our distinguished senator, Senator Vince Palestina. And I was just chicken scratch putting notes down. We've got a lot to talk about. How are you? I'm well, thanks. And if I turn your mic on, it'll even be better. I'm doing great, Harry. Thanks. How are you? <laughs> I'm very well. Good to talk to you. Item number one, and I think, and, and a mutual friend of ours made it possible. I think I broke this first, and the digital analytics kind of backed me up on that because it did very, very well yesterday for us. American Airlines, now this is not the Palestina doctrine, but at least it's ground transportation and it's somebody thinking creative and outside the box. And I think you know where I'm going with this. For those who don't know, you can go to our website or through your app. Check out the story that I wrote on American Airlines. I think this is incredibly creative. So if you are frustrated with any one carrier or you just like to fly out of Philadelphia or you like American Airlines or whatever the reasons are, 
you will be able to, starting June 3rd, and actually you can book it well before that. I think it's coming up in about a week or so. You can actually start booking it. They're going to provide their own American Airlines counter. You'll be able to check in, check your bag, go through TSA at ACY. Then you get ground transportation from American Airlines uh, on a bus. There's up to 35 people. You get taken to Philadelphia. You're put on the air side of the equation. So you don't have to go through the TSA again through the, you know, a larger airport. Your bags follow with you. You get on your plane. I think that for all these years we've been looking for people to come up with solutions. It's not the panacea. But, Senator, it's not a bad idea. No, it's a great idea. And any relationship we can develop with American Airlines, of course, is huge for the airport. And it does tie right into what we've been talking about. This ability to, you know, go through Atlantic City International, security lines are so much less. It's so much straightforward. You can get through the uh, TSA checkpoints and you can check your bags right there and then get bussed up to Philly and not have to go through that security and not have to go through that terminal. I think it's huge. And just developing a relationship with American, it's going to be great. It's great for the airport. It's great for what we're talking about. You know, the bill that I've got uh, introduced, which went through committee uh, to allow the CRDA to collaborate with other transportation air agencies, exactly what we're talking about. Use the airport as a resource. Make sure we're getting more people utilizing the airport, more people coming to the area. And then hopefully, ultimately, being able to get them easily from Atlantic City International into Atlantic City and route around Atlantic City. That is part of the future. When you start thinking like right now, um, if you want to fly from Philly, from this area, you pretty much you make a decision to either take a limo, to take some kind of ground transportation, Uber, Lyft, whatever, get a ride, bring your own car and have to park it for days or a week or more here. They haven't announced the price yet, but it's got to be better than parking a car for you know an extended period. And then what I think it also does, it starts to get other people thinking how we can do more because for me, that is a good start. You have the bigger plan, though, that I think is a game changer. Yeah, it's got to be part of the future, Harry. And just with American, I mean, I think you're going to see Spirit ha- or whoever Spirit ends up with. Whether Spirit it's Frontier, Blue or Frontier, Spirit JetBlue. I mean, it's they, crazy. They're going to have to make sure that they are competitive with uh, some of these amenities, too. Because if now you're going somewhere and you have the ability to check in at ACY and get bus to Philly and fly out of Philly, people are going to take advantage of that. Even like those of us who go to Orlando or go to Florida, you know, if you have the ability to get on an American airline, and the experience is much better, and you have the Wi-Fi, and you have the TV, or whatever yeah. the case may be. They do have are, all that. People are going to do it, because you hear all the complaints about Spirit all the time. Now, all of a sudden, Spirit's got some competition here, and they're going to have to step up their game a little bit as a result of this, which is, of course, good for consumers as yeah, well. I agree with that. Competition is healthy. And you and I, I mean, I've been a big booster of Spirit uh, for the most part. I mean, I've been using them for many years for the most part. I've been very, very happy. I don't trash Spirit Air. You didn't just do it either. But I, I will tell you, and I've confided in you a couple of times off air, my last two trips, and this is unacceptable. We can't, our country can't be broken to where we have to do this to make sure, because my time off is so small, so limited, that I have to make sure that I don't get wrecked by one flight being canceled. So I've been buying double tickets. Yeah. I've been buying a ticket out of Atlantic City and buying a ticket out of Philadelphia. That's, that's crazy. It's not a solution. No, definitely not a solution. And that's the thing. Like, we're going to Orlando, and, at, you know, we're supposed to leave at 6, 10 a.m., and I'm saying to Carolyn, like, 
I don't want to take a chance. We're going to Disney. You know, you got your reservations and you just are like concerned about taking yeah. that chance. And so we're talking about trying to get down like the day before just yeah. to make sure we don't have an issue. That you're there. Same kind of thing you're talking about because our daughter going, just got home like two days late. They yeah. couldn't get out. I mean, and I, I understand some of that was weather yeah. and things like things that. Things happen. But yeah, you, you're on the same boat because I know you take very little time. You work very hard. You're running a business. You're doing a full-time job as senator. And so if you get a little window in there, it can get wrecked with one mistake. Exactly. And spirit's problem. I mean, everybody has issues. Like you just said, there's weather. There's uh, other things that go on. So you understand that. But spirit, once they go off the rails, and we've all experienced it, once something happens with spirit, other airlines are able to figure it out, you know, figure out crews, figure out planes. Spirit usually just, like, does not have the ability to get things back on track. I think their margins are close to where... um, some of the larger carriers can fade something like that. They get pilots timed out, mm-hmm. and then you wind up. It's a supply chain issue. You exactly. don't have enough like pilots or crews. Yep. It's like everything is broken at the same time. So that's good news, and I wanted to start with that. Um, the Stockton University poll that I wrote a pretty extensive piece about this morning, as everybody knows, at least I hope you know, and I take some, uh, some I guess, credit, and I don't mean that to be off-putting for this, because we were on Stockton University for a number of years about the inaccuracy of their head-to-head candidate polling. But on issues like this, I thought it was very interesting to see that minority voters are not as liberal as other Democrat subsets, which, Senator, tells me something that I know you explored more than a decade ago with your outreach uh, in Atlantic City and Pleasantville and elsewhere. You do not cede that to anyone I believe Republicans should compete more for minority voters. Without question. And I think that is a part of the future, Harry. You saw it uh, with the last administration. You know, Hispanic voters voted uh, record numbers for Republicans. And you're going to see that more with African-Americans and Hispanics and Asians. I think they're all going to be looking more and more at the Republican Party. Tell you another group, the trades groups now, with some of the left wing policies that these Democrats are doing, where they just want to give everything away. You know, it's uh, the left wing of the Democratic Party is terrible for average moderate yeah. democrats even minorities which the poll shows and so i don't cede anything we campaign in atlantic city we campaign in pleasantville you know we've already started now with uh, chairman purdy talking about some outreach to some of the hispanic community in pleasantville when you look at the you know our republican party in atlantic county think about all the diverse people we have involved and that's going to continue and increase because i think generally minorities and anyone who just wants to work hard have a good job put food on the table provide for your family regardless of your background they're going to start looking at the republican party because that's what we are about that's what we talk about all the time making sure you know you have fiscal stability and fiscal sanity so that you can afford to provide for your family have a good job have an opportunity that's what we are all about and so this notion where you know minority voters have voted democratic for so many years just look at some of these areas and what has gone on it cannot I don't think it's going to continue, and I think you're going to see a big change coming forward here in the minority communities in our area. You saw me smile because I just got a text message like I was going to forget, but it read, like white towns like Egg Harbor Township. (laughs) (laughs) We'll come back to that after the break. We'll be back. It's Senator Vince Palestina on the Hurley in the Morning program. We're just a tiny little part of WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station, all because of you, and we know it. 
with the Vince. That's also been written into the program uh, about 10 minutes ago. With the Vince, Senator Vince Palestina, I am respectfully. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Listen for the morning edition of the O'Reilly Update with Bill O'Reilly at 1015 this morning. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are back. It's 19 minutes past the hour. Let me weave. This will be a good way to do it because I don't really want to make this a um, a big issue. And it's really um, not an issue for you other than you're everybody's senator. Uh, I wrote a very um, descript piece about Commissioner Corsi with his inarticulate language. And again, if he had just said it on some knucklehead radio show or something, uh, which I I hold harmless this show, this is not a knucklehead Mm -hmm. radio show. I think we can stipulate that. This is a serious program. But if he just said it, and, you know, we've all said things, oh, my God, I can't believe I just said that. But he wrote it. He meant to write it. He meant to divide. He called Egg Harbor Township a white town thought that was terrible but i think it really opened up a great opportunity for vermakum to aggressively run for that seat to be a much more attractive district-wide candidate than corsi who was limiting his perspective you know his his window of spectrum of observation very narrowly uh i think she has a great shot to win this seat I think she does, too. She is a little fireball. We had a meeting last night and, uh, you know, she got up, spoke. And I think that's going to be something you hear about, unfortunately, now throughout this campaign. And I, you know, I think you just look that at that That was a statement. terrible comment. Well, just reverse it. And that's, you know, Andrew yeah. Parker was there. And just reverse that comment and think about a Republican. And Andrew Parker even said this. Andrew Parker, African-American Republican, like the Democratic Party doesn't even want to recognize yeah. that he's an African-American. He's a Republican like many, many of the uh, He many was on right before now. you. He was here. He's on this morning. Yeah. Okay, so he talked about it. Yeah. So, and he, you know, he said it. If he had said something like that about Pleasantville, even though he is an African American, they would have excommunicated him, and they would call for his resignation and everything else. So, just reverse the comment. It is, you know, in my mind, a terrible comment. She got no place in our discourse. Here's and the I, other. Here's the other about, senator. Here's the other thing we know. It's factually inaccurate. On yeah. top of that, it's a very much melting pot. Uh, all-inclusive community that until Andrew's own promotion, if you will, to the county level, 40% of the governing body was African-American. Yeah, with Ray Ellis and Andrew Parker yeah. And, yeah, and Laura Frommer's on there, not African-American, but woman. But I mean, the, the Republican Party, when you think about the Republican Party, we're the ones with the more outreach to kind of yes. everyone. And so we continue to do that. And it's just a terrible comment. I, You know, when we grew up, I it was not like this, Harry. I mean, I, you heard about some of these um, isolated issues. But now that Democratic Party is so consumed by that. And stuff. have and, you noticed the locals? Corsi is in lockstep. With the national freaks, they're all the same now. They used remember how it used to be different. Even if the national Democrats were being goofy, it never permeated down to the local, the county, or the state races. That's all different now. Totally different. Totally different. Of course, he was doing the same and, deal. Yeah, and no, it's just unbelievable. I've been, of course, I was gone for ten years, and you know, I was raising my kids and coaching them and doing the things I was doing, as we have talked about before. Uh, but this is not the Ernest Corsi that I remember back from when I was in before. It's just, just totally different. You know, this, the gaslighting and the things that they are doing is just unbelievable now. And it, you know, comes from the head of the Democratic Party. It's just unbelievable to me. They're going to think they're in for a very, very rude awakening. Cause I think when people see, when you just think about the city of Atlantic City, 
there has been, you know, think about the country as a whole and think about Atlantic City. There has just been urban decay and urban blight for 40 years since, in, you know, my lifetime, since I've been becoming an adult and an adult. You know, there just continued decay, continued poor outcomes in education, continued poverty. They're on this hamster wheel that they can't break out of, and they continue to vote Democrat. And I think people are waking up and realizing it, and you're going to start to see a pretty dramatic shift, I believe, as we go forward, because there are elected officials that are Republicans across this country now talking about the things that should be important to people, about opportunity, about the freedoms we have. And I think uh, there's a change coming. I think it has begun, and I think you're going to see it continue. You see the national polls in terms of uh, Hispanic support uh, Latino support for Republicans is record high. Record high, because what do they want? They just want to be able to come here, work hard, put yeah. food on the table, raise their children the right way, and then have their children ultimately have more opportunity than they had. That's what this country is about, and that's what they recognize. And the way to do it is the policies that the Republican Party espouses. Opportunity for everyone, regardless of background. 24 minutes past the hour, New Jersey Senator Vince Palestina on the Hurley in the Morning program on WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station. Any news? I, I, well, I should say I'm not going to put this out there like I'm not paying attention. I've had a number of uh, off-air conversations with multiple members of the legislature. This COLA increase legislation is in trouble, isn't it? Man, I there you know there were some estimates put together, so there you know some of the some they of the seemed media, crazy those they, estimates they, they seemed out there, and we got to take a look at them. But that was the initial you know response from like some twenty three billion dollars, like thirty three billion, thirty three, okay, and, yeah, and an impact to the local municipalities. So there may be some conversations that have to be had. You know, I said from the start, I think uh, Senator Turner is a sponsor in the Senate. You know, we're happy to work in a bipartisan way on this, uh, you know, and talk about some of the issues that are out there. So in the current form, there may be some issues. But, you know, I continue to believe, and especially at a time when we're dealing with inflation and dealing with everything we're dealing with, people deserve to have their cost of living adjustment. And so we got to figure out a way to make this happen. I mean, there are many ways with state government and spending in this state that we can figure out how to get people who deserve a cost of living adjustment, that adjustment, because as they're dealing with increased gas prices, increased food prices, increased everything with these supply chain issues you mentioned, they deserve it. We got to figure out a way to make that happen. And so we're going to continue to press that. You know, there has been some pushback. We'll see how it plays out. But, uh, you know, in its current form, maybe there is not going to be something that happens, but I, there, we got to do something to compromise and make something happen. For I'm happy people. to hear you say that because I agree with that completely. It's not, it's just not fair. And also too, I mean, they they ran their lives knowing that they were going to retire a certain way, and they had the game changed on them after the fact. That's Com- never a good thing. Ah, completely unfair. Completely unfair. I mean, if they'd known going in, you know, might have stayed a little bit longer, and they wouldn't be in the situation they're in. But, you know, to, to pull the rug out from somebody after they've dedicated their career to public service and expected these types of things is just not right. And so, you know, we're going to hopefully figure out a way to get it done. There are a number of sponsors in the Senate and the Assembly. So a lot of people agree across party lines, you know, across any uh, geography or a- everywhere in this state, north, central, south, you have sponsors of the legislation, both in the Senate and the Assembly. So hopefully we're going to figure out a way to get something done. Senator Palestina on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. 
Senator, uh, you know this and you have legislation regarding this as well. I mean, there is just a basket full of crazy over there at the Atlantic City Board of Education, the Atlantic City Public School System uh, in general. Something's got to give here. Something's got to give here. You know, we were, I was looking at some of the stats recently, Harry, about some of the outcomes from Atlantic City. It's just it's sad. It's, it's terrible. Just, it's just a travesty what is going on over there. They're in this cycle they can't break out of. And uh, the Board of Education, you know, just keeps throwing more and more money out of it. It's not working. If you look at the comparisons of Atlantic City to Egg Arbor Township, and of course, you just mentioned Egg Arbor Township is a molding, melting pot of different backgrounds, diverse backgrounds, you know, Hispanic and Asian and African-American, of course, some white, but it is really a melting pot. It is really developed into a number of different backgrounds. And when you look at the comparison of Atlantic City public education and Egg Harbor Township public, age, public education, 10 miles apart, it is staggering, Harry. And they have, you know, the urban decay. When you think about Atlantic City, billions of dollars, 44 years, it's just sad. Yeah. And so, you know, Andrew be. Parker, and it should not be. Andrew Parker's a teacher over there. And so, you know, he's going to be a voice as we move through this. The legislation, all the legislation really does is allow for local government services to have some oversight of the Board of Education, same way they do with the city. It makes total sense in the world if we're trying to stabilize Atlantic City's finances to have communication and collaboration from those who are overseeing Atlantic City with those who are overseeing the Atlantic City Board of Education. There is already a monitor in place for the Atlantic City Board of Education. This is not like something new. They already have state oversight. That's, it is just yeah. it is just through the Department of Education right now, yeah. as opposed to local government services. And so what I am saying is, in order to make this the most effective way to get this done, let's have local government services oversee both. And so that is the legislation. It makes absolutely perfect sense, because if we're going to stabilize Atlantic City and we're going to improve outcomes in education, this is what should happen. It should be one entity doing it. When you get the right person in as the leader, it's amazing what can happen. I'm going to draw back. It seems like a long time ago, but it really isn't all that long ago. The late, great Fred Nichols. I remember advocating for his appointment because things are so political over there. You actually needed the unique skill sets that Fred had as someone that had obviously made it to the New Jersey legislature and freeholder and mayor and all that committee before all of that. He was the perfect pick at the perfect time, and the school was on a trajectory of excellence. I forget the exact name of the, the recognition from the state, but what it means is that you're a district – that's run so well that others should emulate what you're doing. It's a distinction, like a district of distinction. There's some kind of title and some superintendent listening text me, but they got it like multiple years in a row. Test scores were up. Everything was going in the right direction. And look what's happened. Unbelievable. But that tells you it can be done. You it can be done because right it was done. Because it was done. So you can do it. History can repeat itself. Yeah. And we can improve outcomes for people over there. We just got to do the right things, you know, from a state perspective and from a city perspective. The city, you know, has to be a partner in this thing. They keep pushing back and pushing back and pushing back. Look at what is going on over there, Harry. Well, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what's yeah. a little scary. And I don't know if you want to come into this uh, stew with me or not, but you got one family controlling the whole city right now it's one of the most dangerous setups in america a husband and a wife have control of the entire local purpose tax to the extent that they're allowed to under the environment that they're in but it's still uh you know pretty substantial and bears watching 
It does, and we are certainly going to watch. I mean, that's the thing. You know, they do control both, but the state really controls the city yeah. of Atlantic City. Yeah. So while he is the mayor, and certainly he's got a role for his residents over there, you know, the state of New Jersey is controlling. That's the Murphy ha- has administration. The mayor, has the mayor checked in with the senator yet? No. No, and I'm not expecting that anytime soon for whatever reason. I, you know, I said this publicly. I went out, you know, I went to the NBCA event, you know, a couple days after the election, whatever it was, went up to shake his hand, say hello, start the conversation. And he jumped on me about Tom Foley for whatever reason. I mean, it's the most bizarre thing that uh, I've ever experienced in politics. I have never seen any politician anywhere who does not care about working together for the betterment of people. And most when you win, you put all the goofy stuff that doesn't matter, that doesn't have anything to do with good governance, you put that aside for the better good. And I've said this and I've written it uh, on our digital platform here at WPG Talk Radio 95.5. A mayor is going to need the senator a lot more and and just – it's just a fact than the senator needs the mayor. But that's not to say that it's not a two-way street because it is. It's always a two-way street, and that's, you know, the approach I've always taken is I'm going to work with everybody, and this situation is unfortunate. It's no secret. I don't know what his issue is. You know, he won't have a conversation even to say what the issue is, so who knows? But how can you properly represent the people in Atlantic City without having a relationship with the senator and the assembly people, by the way? This is not just me. This is all three of us. Persky worked with the commission form of government. Gormley worked with Matthews briefly, and then Matthews left, of course, uh, being kind. Um, you you had Gormley working with Usri. You had Gormley working with Whalen. Gormley, I think, working with Langford. I mean, you have to work together. Absolutely. And Whalen and Rennie had some issues back yeah. in the day. You know, you're not going to be friends necessarily. Right. But and that then, doesn't uh, yeah. matter. You don't have to be friends. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if you're going to do the right thing for the people you represent, you work in a bipartisan way with everyone. That's what an elected official is supposed to do. And if you're not going to do it, you are not a good elected official. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Senator Vince Palestina continues right after the halftime break. It's 32 minutes past the hour. Early in the morning, Senator Vince Palestina, WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 South Jersey's number one talk station. All because of you, and we know it. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. It's Harry Hurley with three stories that you can follow right now on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Atlanta County Commissioner Ernest Corsi calls Egg Harbor Township, quote, a white town. Read all about it. It's uh, going crazy viral, that story. Stockton University returns the Carnegie Library. They called it the Carnegie Center to the city of Atlantic City. Let's hope that the city does something productive with it. Stockton University poll regarding minority views versus other Democrat subsets. It's not potentially what you think. From the Townsquare, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero. After two days of record-breaking rainfall, I'm happy to say today looks great. Probably the nicest day of the next several. Mostly sunny skies and mild temperatures for South Jersey. High temperature around 64. Partly cloudy tonight with a chance of spotty rain showers after midnight. Low of 47. We could see a few more hit-or-miss showers tomorrow. Otherwise, clouds and some sun. Saturday's high temperature, 57. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. From the world's playground, 
This is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are back 40 minutes past the hour flying by with Senator Vince Palestina. Let me uh, put it out onto the floor because you handled like five or six rapid fire uh, issues and questions for me. What have you been up to? <laughs> what have we been up to? We've been up to all kinds of stuff, Harry. There's a number of things going on. Of course, we have some appointments. There are various uh, superior court judges in the process, and so I think is it, is it happening? Is it moving? Oh yeah, everything's moving. So I think uh, everything I hear is we're going to have a package in May. I think everybody will be very happy with the uh, package that is put together, and hopefully, you know, May time frame we're able to talk about some of the things going on in the superior court. You know, there's only 22 superior court judges in Atlanta County, and uh, because of some of the retirements and some of the resignations we only have 17 right now so we're working and the the caseload and the backlog is substantial substantial so we're working very hard on that but there are five people in various stages in the process and so hopefully you know soon we're going to be able to get some of that out there continue to work on the atlanta county prosecutor of course and i think things are trending in a positive direction there everything i hear is good so hopefully again soon we're able to talk about some of that one of the by the way on the prosecutor you know, there's certain things in we'll call it politics, but I don't I don't really want to call it that. But you can't ignore that there's politics uh, or I don't think we would be honest about it. Sometimes time is your friend. You see where I'm going with this? Yes. On the issue of the Atlanta County prosecutor, uh, that this has gone on for a period of time. For me, as an observer on the sidelines, I take that as a positive. Sometimes. A delay is is detrimental and and signals that something is not going well. But that was a very interesting dynamic because it's my understanding that other decision before you became senator, that was pretty much done. That's what I was told. So I was told that, you know, firsthand from representatives in the governor's office in November, you know, I got elected. uh, I got sworn in November 8th. I think the next week I went up and met with kind of the two main, you know, contacts that we have in the governor's office to deal with the day to day with the legislature. And, you know, they they've told me subsequently that when I went up there that day, it was done. It was going to be a certain person who doesn't, you know, isn't from Atlanta County. And so we've able to we've been able over time to try to say and try to make the case and advocate that we have plenty of qualified Atlantic County people here that should be running that office. You know, unfortunately, with what happened with the last prosecutor, you know, some disarray out there and some issues out there. There's some lawsuits going on. We need the right person to run that office. And so we have been successful in trying to change some opinions and some minds related to that. And so uh, and by the way, because of Republican victories that were hard fought and well earned, there aren't really that many high-ranking Democrats in Atlanta County beyond the freeholder board, or excuse me, the board of commissioners. So you have the Democratic chairman in agreement with the Republican senator on a choice for Atlanta County prosecutor. It's pretty strong. Very strong. And the top elected Democrat in Atlanta County, when you think about the ballot, because the constitutional officers are the highest, is Eric Scheffler is the sheriff. He is the top elected Democrat in Atlanta County right now. And again, the top Republican in Atlanta County and the top Democrat in Atlanta County both believe the same thing. And so he's, you know, he's their top vote getter. He's their top vote getter, you know, always done great, you know, does a great job as the sheriff. You know, I talk to him pretty regularly about the various issues and you're going to see some efforts between he and I uh, to really try to focus on some of the stuff in Atlantic City. So We'll see how that uh, dynamic plays out. But he agrees the same thing. You know, the right person needs to be out there. And so we're all in agreement on that. Same thing with Jim Sarkos, you know, Atlantic City Chief of Police. We can continue to try to push that issue. 
taking too long on that one. Is so that, that's is, one. Is that is that moving or is that stalled? Where does that stand? I heard it was done. I don't know what has occurred since they told me, you know, kind of it was done. So, I, you know, stalled is probably the uh, correct term at this point. I don't know exactly what's going on. I trend. I generally tend to ask for updates every Thursday, you know, from the governor's office and have my communication with them on Thursdays, um, you know, and there's no update on it. I mean, because, to call somebody acting officer in charge for this length of time. Yeah, it's now 16 months is or so. Disgraceful. It's disgraceful. It's bad. And we need more officers yeah. on the street and we need a leader in place and all the things we have talked about and it's funny you know they say go it's a great day in ac in the meantime there's fights on the boardwalk and people getting stabbed on the boardwalk fights in the school fights in the school have you seen the videos oh yeah i've seen all the videos fights in the school all these issues going on and you know we need it clean and safe and lit (laughs) jim sarkos knows it eric scheffler knows it we know it everybody outside of atlantic city that doesn't support this current regime knows it and that's the thing when i say these things Everybody agrees with me outside of, you know, the 1,800 supporters or whatever they have over there. Everybody knows Their their little employment agency doesn't agree. But the meantime, you know, they just run around. It's a great day. Well, everybody knows it's not a great day. So you can keep saying it, but nobody believes it. It's like you put a top hat on. You're just going to be a showman and say it's a great day. Everybody outside of this area after 44 years recognizes that that place needs assistance. And we are going to continue to press those efforts. I, I have to say this and i'll speak to 31 years of it from this same chair in this same radio station and i've covered atlantic city closer than anyone in the media in our marketplace this is the worst that we have seen in decades worst we have seen in decades in my lifetime and i have said that and that's my concern you know it's the worst in my lifetime and i you know you grew up here i grew up here you know casino started in 1978 and this is the worst i have seen i literally i was over there for an event wednesday night and i walked out with claire swift at the Sheridan by the convention center right there. You would think, and I parked at the Tun Tavern parking lot and walked out and she's like, you want to ride over? Cause she had parked right there on the street. And I was like, nah, I'll walk over. And as I walk over, there's a guy just, I don't know if he was on drugs, yelling, screaming, carrying on. And I said, you know what? <laughs> Give me a ride over to the car because they just don't want to take a chance over there. Yeah. And so that is the concern. And by the way, the Sheridan, you know, it was a Wednesday night. It was like, a ghost town no valet nobody in the place i mean there are some challenges we have in atlantic city and i saw some of the articles about the casinos and reinvesting in the properties which is wonderful we need right now the casinos and the administration and the city and us to all get in a room and get on the same page because while it's great that the casinos are going to invest in the in their facilities and try to get more market share in their facilities if we don't get this city positioned for prosperity and positioned for growth, then there are going to be severe challenges when New York gaming starts. And right. you know, the issue with transferring $222 million out of $257 million from CRDA over the last five years to bail out Atlantic City because they mismanaged those finances so poorly – is such a concern yeah. going forward that we are in for some rough times. I want, I, want to, I want to follow up on this after the break. We've got to go right now just for a few minutes. I could not agree more with what Senator Palestina just said. I wrote a very definitive piece last week or thereabouts. Maybe it was two weeks ago. We have to fix Atlantic City has to be fixed in advance of New York having casinos or we will have at least two casinos close. 
Absolutely. Loss of jobs and loss of casinos yeah. and then, you know, the impact on the real estate market in the area and the yeah. impact on all and the we've people been there. and jobs. We've been there. We've lived it. We don't want to go back. Yeah. We had the highest unemployment rate in America. We had the highest home foreclosure rate in America. And it wasn't a great recession for the Atlantic, greater Atlantic City region. It was a depression. And we cannot go back there. This has to be fixed. And we're going to talk more about it after the break with Senator Palestina. I am yours truly, Hurley in the Morning. This is South Jersey's number one talk station, WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Here's Sean Hannity. WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's talk station. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me this afternoon at 3. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you very much. 53 minutes past the hour. As a point of emphasis to continue the um, the Atlantic City Dateline Atlantic City, it's so dramatically significant. It's why when I go to New York to talkers, uh, I'm very blessed. I get the opportunity. I'm always on a panel, and I usually uh, am part of one other presentation. We're bringing a good message with us. Atlantic City has, when you think about it from an entertainment standpoint, the enter- entertainment policy, our hotels, our casinos, when you look on the resume of any food and beverage employee from Atlantic City, you can work anywhere in the world. It is considered top flight, great experience that will transfer to any jurisdiction around the country. We have basic problems to solve. Big, big issues. We have we have it just perfected in terms of hotel, hotel delivery, excellence in service, the you know the rest, restaurant experience which second to none as i mentioned entertainment policy second probably only to vegas mm-hmm. in the entire country we have basic problems that have to be solved and they have to be solved before new york opens their first casino and that's correct, Ari. I mean, when you think about the restaurants and some of the entertainment we have over here now, we would like to see some more convention space and some of the facilities and some of those things so we can attract conventions, especially now when you see some of these urban areas, you know, losing residential population, losing some of the conventions. We should be able to be more competitive with that stuff. We have such infrastructure here. When you talk about the beach and the boardwalk and just the natural environment, we have something nobody else has here in Atlantic City, and it should be and can be fabulous. We just need to get everybody in the same room, figure out how do we start filling in these areas with infill development, you know, maybe some residential, maybe some workforce housing, maybe some second homes here to uh, help the residential community over there. And how do we look when you look at like where the Stockton um, investment is with the campus and then you go down to TROP, there is infill development in that region that can happen and must happen. And then you look at the, you know, the hard rock and the ocean and the resorts area. There is such opportunity down at that northern end of the island. You have great facilities there. You got a great beach there and a boardwalk and there should be such opportunity. And so and that's think about it. They, they've really tur- turned up their game in the, if you want to call it the northeast section of the city, because there was a period in time where resorts was it. You had resorts and you had Steel Pier. You, you had, um, the, the Taj Mahal, you know, with mm. what's his face? I forget his name. Uh, Straub, uh, going nowhere. Uh, now it's vibrant and you had Ocean underperforming. So there's been a lot of improvements 
Yes, absolutely. And, you know, Revel back in the day was yeah. one of the things I got into a fight with Governor Christie about because I wanted to see Revel get done. And so that was something that, you know, the state helped out with Revel based on future tax revenues. And now look at Ocean. It's doing fabulous. Yeah. I think I just saw something where they're going to put another $100 million back in, finish off the rooms. And so we have such opportunity. Uh, in we- fairness to Revel, and, and I know it's, it's a bone of contention with some people, it was started under a different economies of scale. Uh, and then once the the great recession hit and we had everything that that transpired thereafter to support 2.6 billion or whatever the debt service was wasn't going to happen but what i always said was the third owner i said it i Mm -hmm. spent 10 years in the business as an executive i said the third owner is going to rock the place because you're not going to be encumbered with that debt service and you can make it work and they're going to fix some of the things like the 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 front desk being on the sixth floor and it's just some goofy stuff that that was done they're they're killing it over there now they're doing great doing great all those properties are doing very very well and so we're going to try to continue that and so and i do i I do it's parochial but I, i mean it professionally and intellectually honestly as well the mars bailey marching antoni marching antonio era at resorts has been exceptional absolutely and i love the boutique because you know for a while and phil giuliano is a homeboy and he's going to do great things at bally's but bally's was on the toxic assets of a big conglomerate's books you're never going to be in a good place with that resorts being a boutique operation they're able to really they cater to locals and that's a real positive and I just wanted to put that out there as just something that Absolutely. is important. And they have put a ton of money back in the facility, and they continue to do that. And so, you know, that is a great opportunity at resorts, and they're going to continue. Morris Bailey and Mark Giantonio, you know, have done wonderful things with that property. So just a couple other things, yep. because Atlantic City, we, we talk a lot about Atlantic City. Because it matters. These regulations that the DEP is promulgating, there's a 2019 Rutgers study that talked about sea level rise. It has now been disputed by the National Oceanic Atmospheric Association. But the regulations that DEP published for the properties on the island uh, were based on this 2019 Rutgers study. We are working on that. We're going to try to. We're talking to the DEP, trying to get some of that resolved. So and if the get science, real. if the science is wrong, we need to. We to, need to have yeah. the regulations reflect the current science, and that's what the federal regulations do. And so we're going to continue to work on that. And then there's a big redevelopment plan in Egg Harbor Township in the area of the Shore Mall. You know, the old Bradley Shopping Center. We have a meeting at 10 o'clock today with the D, with the DCA. We're trying to get that done. We're trying to get some transportation improvements there and we're going to continue to try to get some infrastructure money final 20 seconds there. coming up after you is a very important panel with dr bob Zlotnick, atlantic prevention resources presents and obviously the big rally coming up for um the smoking issue uh and having it codified and banned uh that's a big issue as well about five seconds that's all we've it got. is a big issue we're going to continue on that a lot of sponsors in the senate and assembly and uh, we'll see where it goes great to be here harry always we always run time. out of time <laughs> always. thank you senator WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is six minutes past the hour, and it's my pleasure to welcome back. It's on a special day, and this is all timed for a reason. 
uh, there's a big event coming up next week that I know is going to be a big part of today's program as well. Atlantic Prevention Resources presents Dr. Bob Zlotnick, President and Chief Executive Officer of Atlantic Prevention Resources. And Dr. Bob has an entire panel ready to go, and he'll do the introductions. Dr. Bob, welcome to your program. Thank you, Harry. Good morning. Big uh, big moment. I call this a uh, this is a tipping point moment. This is a moment of truth uh, regarding the issue of smoking in the casinos. It's a big deal. It's a big day. I think so. I think so. It is a big moment. And I want to thank you. I'd be remiss if I didn't thank you right from the start for being so um, flexible and adaptable and letting us do this show today instead of Tuesday, our regular under the influence day, um, because there's a huge event on Tuesday and it would have been too late to do a show at, at nine o'clock on Tuesday yep. for an event that starts at 10. We want to, we want to get the word out there for anybody who doesn't know who's on the fence about attending, uh, people who just want to attend to show support. And, um, we have a few guests here today, uh, among them are, Kim Burns in our office. Kim is our manager of our tobacco program, and she does uh, work on tobacco issues throughout New Jersey, but most notably in southern New Jersey and, of course, uh, here in Atlantic County especially. And, Bob, what I did, everybody's mics are on right now, so anybody that you want to acknowledge or uh, recognize, uh, everybody's mics are on simultaneously. So we've got a panel of five people, uh, including Dr. Bob, uh, not including myself as a uh, just a big supporter. So, Dr. Bob, take it away. Thank you, Harry. So, good morning, Kim. Thank you for being on. Thanks for having me, Harry. Good. Uh, <laughs> Good to talk yes. to you, Kim. Can you hear me? Okay. Perfectly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Great. Um, we also we also have Lamont, Lamont White and Nicole Vitola, who are co-founders of Cease, which stands for Casino Employees Against Smoking's Effects. This is an agency, an organization, not an agency, an organization that started uh, less than a year ago, I believe, and has already taken hold, has nearly 3,000 members. Uh, these are people who, uh, for years, have been silenced, essentially, by their employer and now are speaking out because it is so important. It's always been important, but, but just in the last year, we really have had a lot of momentum, um, largely in part to the, due in part to the CEASE members. So good morning, Lamont. Good morning, Doc. How are you? Uh, thank you for being here. And, and good morning, Nicole. Uh, good morning. Thank you, Harry Hurley, for having us on. You're um, welcome, Thank Nicole. you, Bob, Dr. Bob, for your support and Kim. I would like to start with just an overview of what's going to happen on Tuesday, the 12th. Now, Dr. Um, Bob, and, do, you have, do you have one more panel member or one more guest that you're expecting? We do have a fourth person. I am person. unaware. Okay. Is, is there um, a fellow on the line named not. Michael? It might, might, I'm going to disconnect the line. If that's not part of the panel, I'm going to disconnect the line. It might have been just a guest listener. I, I don't know. Yeah, that, He might be here for us. Oh, okay. All right. Well, he'll call back. Sorry about that. I disconnected. Okay. I thought it was just a um, uh, maybe somebody that thought we were an open forum or that wanted to call in and comment. I know there's a lot of content that you're going to be sharing. So, Dr. Bob, the time is yours. 
yeah, I would like to let Lamont and Nicole start out and talk about the plans. They've, they've been working on this project for over a month, maybe almost two months um, since the date was set. And there, there's a lot of movement and activity going on behind the scenes. So Lamont and Nicole, please, the time is yours. I, I, the, the whole purpose of switching this radio show to today from Tuesday was to make sure that we could have several days notice to talk about the event on Tuesday. So please go ahead. Nicole? Um, okay. Uh, so this, we're having this event because it is, um, 16 years since the smoke-free air act, um, was implemented in New Jersey and we were left out 16 long years, um, 16 long years of cancer diagnosis, emphysema diagnosis for the casino employees and, uh, one major pandemic later. And we are completely fed up with it. We are weakened because we all had COVID at one point. And um, we've just had enough at this point. And there's plenty of casinos that thrive going smoke-free. And uh, we just don't understand why, you know, we don't get the equal rights as everybody else in the state of New Jersey gets. So this rally is for all of us to come out, show support, show everybody in the state how much we deserve the same equal protection of the law as everyone else. And um, this is, you know, we have such great support coming from our legislators and uh, we've already have over 50% in both um, Senate health committee and the assembly health committee. So they're ready to pass. Everything's ready to go. All we need is our uh, Senate president and um, assembly president to uh, say the go. Now, Nicole, that's always been the issue. The Senate president, my friend, Steve Sweeney, would never he would if he had won he wouldn't we wouldn't be talking right now well we might be but it would not be optimistic because he would not be posting it uh i thought this was basically it seemed as though it was on a real fast track and then all of a sudden it seems like there's maybe a little slow walking going on am i is that my imagination or i mean all the votes are there to pass it but if the two leaders don't post it then it doesn't happen, as everybody on this call knows. Uh, someone comment on that. Is this being slow walked or is it just t- taking the normal process of committee and, you know, and all of that? Where, where does it stand? Well, as you know, Harry, uh, good, um, good morning. This is but Wh- whoever said good morning, let Dr. Bob speak uh, and then we'll get to you. Oh, oh. Yeah. All I, all I wanted to say was is that we have just entered budget season in New Jersey. So most other issues are on hold unless they're extremely urgent. And so this will not be heard until May at the earliest in committee. And so uh, nothing really happens between now and when the budget is passed later this spring. So in other words, then, there, there is nothing going slow. This is just normal operating procedure. It, it's business as usual in Trenton. Yes, Correct. Lamont, go ahead, please. I was going to say exactly the same thing. I, after I said uh, good morning to Kim and um, good morning to Mr. Hurley. And thank you, uh, Mr. Hurley, because in the very beginning, and Dr. Bob, you set it up so that we could be on this program. And that was one of the first official things that we did uh-huh. after we became CEASE was to have an hour on this program, and we really, really appreciate it. I I, I was just going to say exactly the same thing, that we've learned that the budget happens in April and that nothing really, uh, that takes precedent over everything. So we're still very optimistic. 
Well, I mean, you should be. I mean, the votes appear to be there and there appears to be the will to actually post it. So it should it should be in good shape. Uh, we'll be back. We're going to take a brief time out. We'll be back. Much more content. I do think there's a guest uh, that you're expecting that has uh, joined the program as well. We're at 15 minutes past the hour with Dr. Bob, with Kim, Lamont, and Nicole. I'm Harry. This is Atlantic Prevention Resources presents uh, this important discussion. And when we come back, someone please take the floor and remind everyone, we know the rally is this Tuesday, but let everybody know what time and where it will be so that folks know exactly what's going to be happening. Back in just a few minutes. This is the Hurley in the Morning program with Atlantic Prevention Resources, of course, on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 South Jersey's number one talk station. The WPG Talk Radio app is your connection to South Jersey's talk station. Get free, unlimited local and statewide news from New Jersey's largest radio news team. Download all of our local shows as podcasts and more. Powered by Ambient Comfort. For installation to repairs and maintenance, give Ambient Comfort Heating and Cooling a call today at 856-213-6586. AmbientComfortNJ.com. Set the first button on your car radio for South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. 19 minutes past the hour with Dr. Bob, Kim, Lamont, and Nicole, and one of your colleagues, Lamont and uh, Nicole uh, Michael is going to join us in just a little bit. He's observing the program right now. But I told him there were a couple things that we needed to get out to the public, which I think a big a big announcement will be. Where is the rally? What time is the rally? Just so folks know where and when. We know it's this Tuesday. So, Dr. Bob or whoever you want to turn it over to, the time is yours. I think uh, Kim and Lamont and Nicole, one of them could just, you know, give, give the details the where and when. Uh, the rally's going to be Tuesday. Air Act rally. Okay. Nicole's got it. Go ahead. Uh, Smoke Free Air Act rally on Tuesday, April 12th. It starts uh, promptly at 10 a.m. And it's at Oscar McClinton Waterfront Park in Atlantic City, New Jersey. It's 201 North New Hampshire Avenue in Atlantic City. It's where we had our first rally from uh, in, I think it's, August. And, and by the way, for those who have not seen McClintock Park recently, it is absolutely gorgeous. It's so beautifully done. What a great location for this event. And, and what is that? That's North Beach area, I think it's called now. Uh, a helper of mine told me that. So that's a nice location for this. I, I believe, right? Who knows? You know, but I'm expecting that you're going to draw a nice crowd. Are you? Are you expecting a big crowd? Sure. We're, we're friends and family, everybody, everybody who has a, a worker who works in the casino and cares about their lives, they're going to show up. We said, you know, everybody's included. Uh, patrons who don't want to smoke, who, who don't like the smoke, they, uh, they're they going to show up. So, we're yeah, we're expecting a huge crowd. So I'm excited. It's going to be beautiful weather, 73 and sunny. So we're excited about oh, it. That's terrific. <laughs> Think about, I mean, the weather of the past week would have been horrific. So this is uh, this is good news. Uh, let's give Michael an opportunity. Just he's, he's calling in because obviously he works with you and and wants to support what's happening. Uh-huh. Michael, you are on with this esteemed panel. Go right ahead. Yeah, as Nicole was saying earlier, you know, it's been 16 years since a 
you know, basically signed the no smoke bill. You know, they exempted us, and you know, it's a very unacceptable. You know, they they signed the bill a couple of years ago that there's no smoking on beaches and boardwalks. They're basically saying mm-hmm. a seagull's life is more important than our life. And I've noticed, you know, people playing in flat areas that are non-smoking. You know, I've told them about it. They don't care. So they want to do whatever they want to do. So now is the time to say, okay, well, you know, put in designated smoking areas. You go outside and smoke and come back and enjoy yourself. Michael, thank you for checking in. And thanks for the the listenership and your participation. Uh, To the panel, uh, what's next? Here's the thing, Harry. This is so important to the people that work there. Kim and I, as professionals in the field of prevention and tobacco control, we have no idea what it's like to go to work every day in a place that I mean, our office is smoke-free by law. Mm-hmm. Our offices at Atlantic Prevention Resources, nobody can smoke inside or even outside right out the door. Here's the, pro- the problem is, is that Nicole and Lamont and Michael and thousands and thousands of their colleagues don't have a choice because they have these jobs. They've had these jobs for decades in, in most cases. M- many of these employees have been em- employed since the 90s and the 2000s, and they don't have a choice about where they work now. They can't just go get another job. They can't just uproot, pick up, and, and, and change careers midstream. They have homes, mortgages, families, you know, education expenses for their family, and, and they, want, they want a good life. But they don't want to be forced to breathe in environmental tobacco smoke, a known carcinogen, in their workplace. Right now, they can sit three feet away from a patron who has the absolute right to blow smoke in their face. That is unacceptable. And it's been unacceptable for for actually over 40 years. It's been unacceptable. About uh, 16 years ago, the state said it was unacceptable for every other worker in the state to breathe in secondhand smoke in their workplace. But they carved out this loophole for the casinos. Enough is enough. It is time. The purpose of the rally is to bring attention to the fact that 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 16 years ago, around this week, we, the state of New Jersey, ended smoking in 99.9% of workplaces. It's time to, to, to close the door entirely and make 100% of workplaces smoke-free. I feel so sorry for Lamont and Nicole and their mm-hmm. colleagues who, who don't get a choice. It's so sad. Bob, I just wanted to add that um, at our agency, this is something that we've been working on for, like you said, 16 years. It's never fallen off our radar. It is so important to us. It is, you know, being the tobacco manager, it is my number one priority. Um, I have a family member, a very close family member that works in one of the casinos, um, has asthma. So this directly impacts my family also. There are many people, many agencies that are coming together to help and support um, the the casino workers on this. And, uh, you know, just stressing again, we are pro-health. We are not anti-casino. This is just a health issue, a public health issue, and needs to be resolved. 
And Lamont, I heard you you were about to uh, speak. Time is yours. Yes. Well, I, I want to thank Kim and Dr. Bob for, for being such advocates for us. And, and Dr. Bob painting the picture of what it's like because one, one of our missions was to try to get the politicians to understand our con- the conditions that we're working under because we believed that they really weren't aware of it. Um, I, I'm sure that tons of lawmakers have never even visited the casinos, but we wanted to paint a picture and let them know every day that we may have four, five people on the game. And, and, and like Dr. Bob said, even if they're not blowing the smoke in our face, because sometimes they try to be considerate and, and put the ashtray on the ta- on the chair so that it's not on the table, that's not effective. We're human beings, and we deserve not to be working in a smoke-filled environment. Um, also, I'd like to thank Americans uh, for non-smokers, who also, like Kim said, is one of the organizations that um, stood behind us and, and supported us and, and, and really um, have given us some guidance because they've been successful in other places. Sorry. That's okay. That's that's real life. That's not a problem at all. Dr. Bob? The time, okay. the time, is, the time is now. It is really enough. And um, as Kim said, we're advocates. We've been working on the sidelines sometimes for this, sometimes directly right in the mix. And and but we don't experience personally every day like Nicole and Lamont and their colleagues do. And it's enough is enough. Sixteen years is enough. We said that last year. We met on the boardwalk uh, at Kennedy Plaza a, a year ago this week and said 15 years is enough. I mean, how much longer is it going to take? The, the momentum is there. Like, like Lamont and Nicole have pointed out, we have enough sponsors now to actually get through through committee. Once it gets posted in the committees, in the Senate Health Committee and the Assembly Health Committee, this will sail through and then hopefully get posted by the Senate President and the Assembly Speaker and then be passed. And, and you know this, Dr. Bob and uh, Kim, Lamont and Nicole, you know this all too well. No matter what effort was done in the past, there could have been a rally with everybody in agreement uh, to, to do away with this. It never had a chance. It never had a chance to be posted. And Steve Sweeney was honest about it. He was just not going to post it. And uh, I've talked to him on air. I've talked to him off air about it. Uh, he was not going to ever post it. And then lo and behold, the biggest upset in the history of New Jersey elections takes place. And this actually, in my estimation, and Bob will back me up on this, I'm always for the campaigns because you couldn't just sit back and and be silent just because you knew it wasn't going to be posted or you felt that that it was very likely that it wouldn't be posted, although I think it was 100 percent certainty that it would not be posted because Steve Sweeney was was transparent about that. Uh, It was still important. It was never a waste because it kept the issue alive. Because if you say nothing, then it's like, well, nobody's complaining. I mean, what are you talking about? What do you want to change? Nobody, Nobody's asking for it. So I think in fairness to the issue, even though it was bottled up by the former Senate president, every year that this issue was not forgotten uh, got you to where you are now. So it was not – nobody's saying it was, but I'm just stating the case from, from my spectrum of observation that – None of it was for a waste. 
because it got you to where you are now, to where I think you are at the precipice of success. Uh, I don't see the current Senate president or Assembly Speaker following the tradition of the former Senate President Sweeney. So if they don't get in the way organically, this is going to happen because people have spoken their will. I mean, you have a significant, you have a supermajority of both houses of the legislature uh, that support closing the loophole. So, Bob, do you agree with me, Dr. Bob, that um, it's a long time in coming, but the effort was not a waste? No, I, I do agree. And and I, I would never look back and say, you know, we didn't work hard and we didn't try this. But for many years, even though it was on our radar, it wasn't like on the front burner for yeah. us because it was impossible. Many, many times, many sessions it was introduced and it just languished. We we don't want it to languish anymore. We are approaching that super majority of about 60 legislators in both houses signing on as sponsors. That means that it's a slam dunk. It just has to get on the agenda. That's the important thing. What we knew about Sweeney, we don't know about Senate President Guttari, who is an unknown, brand new, in his job for literally three or four months right now. And we don't know what his goals, his motives, you know, how he operates, what what he's being, you know, if he's taking orders from any political bosses. We have to find all that out. So we are hopeful. And the whole purpose of the event on Tuesday on the 12th at 10 a.m. at at Oscar McClinton. Oscar McClinton Waterfront Park. Is that right? I think it's McClintock, yeah, it's, it's, but yeah, yeah. McClintock. Uh, to, to, to bring attention to this. We yeah, are, McClinton. Oh, okay, I'm wrong. Mc, you're you're uh, right, McClinton. Huh? The, 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 uh, the, the, right. the media, the press will be there. Hundreds and hundreds of people will be there. Supporters, workers, people like us in the field, um, people who work for public health agencies like the American Cancer Society, the American Lung Association, all those agencies have been working on this in the background for years, doing what we what we can, but we can't do it alone. We need the public support. We need public sentiment to be on our side right now. People in Atlantic City and the surrounding area whose friends, family members, neighbors work there, please come out. Please show your support. We're going to take our halftime break. We're going to be right back. Dr. Bob continues. Kim Lamont, Nicole, Atlantic Prevention Resources presents this important discussion about the upcoming rally on Tuesday and the issue in general of smoking uh, in the Atlantic City casinos with the esteemed panel. I am respectfully yours. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you, great one. It is 37 minutes past the hour. Quick reset. It's Dr. Bob Zlotnick. It's Kim from Atlantic Prevention Resources, uh, the fabulous tobacco manager, Lamont White and Nicole. Uh, I'm Harry, and Dr. Bob, the time is yours, and your next guest has arrived, if you would do the introduction. I will. Thank you. Tracy Kennedy is on the phone. She is with Americans for Nonsmokers' Rights. I believe she's the Midwest state strategist, and we've been working with her on this because she does cover um, parts of our area, you know, the the immediate uh, northeast area, including Ohio, Pennsylvania. Tracy's been doing this for a long time for Americans for Nonsmokers' Rights, and uh, has been doing this since she first testified at a city council meeting while she was in high school. So she's a longtime supporter of smoke-free air. And uh, so good morning, Tracy, and thank you for being here. 
Good morning. Can y'all hear me? Perfectly. We can. Okay, great. Because it's so snowing on this April morning in Des Moines, Iowa. Oh, so my gosh. Things are just, <laughs> it's just not quite right. It's this not is, quite right. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Uh, so Tracy, just tell tell us about ANR's involvement. We we, we and uh, Lamont and Nicole have talked about ANR lovingly because uh, it, as the number one national organization protecting the rights of non-smokers, ANR has been way out front on this issue for as long as I can remember, longer than we've been working on it. And so, you know, the the immense support that we've gotten from Danny and Chris and you and Bronson, everybody at ANR has been uh, immeasurable. And so, first of all, thank you for that. Um, but but tell us a little bit about ANR and um, the event on Tuesday and what, how you're participating. Well, I wish we could pay the bills with Bob's praises. Uh, we appreciate your all um, <laughs> support and friendly friendly voices. But to be honest, this is just the brand of Americans for non-smokers rights and being out in front on the issue of smoke-free is exactly what this Berkeley, California-based organization set out to do over 40 years ago. So it was almost 45 years ago that actually the flight attendants union came to our, you know, little, our little few folks in Berkeley and said, you know, we're being exposed to secondhand smoke in our workplace on airplanes and, our fellow flight attendants are getting sick. Um, some of them are dying, and we want to do something about it. Um, so, you know, in the grand scheme, that's really not that long ago. But since that time, we have stayed true to our mission of focusing exclusively on the issue of smoke-free air. And we've seen a tremendous amount of progress. But for as much progress we've seen, we've also seen the gaps widen. And the people who are most exposed to secondhand smoke, people like our friends Lamont and Pete and Nicole, uh, the people who are most exposed just continue to be so and be left behind by statewide and local laws. And largely that's due to um, perpetuated myths established by the tobacco industry and their allies and front groups. And it's just been with such a well-funded PR machine for so long that that's what we're up against. And that's why it's so hard to continue to shift a social norms change that, you know, thousands of people can enjoy uh, a casino gaming experience um, that's smoke-free. So that's what uh, actually I'm coming to Atlantic City. I'll be there on Tuesday morning to, um, to be with my friends and, and to talk about the importance of finally closing the loophole in New Jersey statewide smoke-free law to protect all workers. And Tracy, I'm going to make a promise to you. It will not be snowing while you are here. I promise you. Hey, that's a bold promise. Okay. I'm going to hold you to that. Yes. I'm going to hold you to that. Okay. Okay. Dr. Bob? I'm, I'm just in awe of what Americans for Non-Smokers' Rights has done and, and continues to do for almost going on 50 years of working to protect workers in their workplaces from secondhand smoke, among other things. Uh, and so thank you, Tracy. And I'm sorry, I won't be there on Tuesday. I had a prior commitment since January, and, I'm, and I will be out of town. But um, I think that it's great. And I'm going to um, watch it later on, because it will be on Facebook Live. It will be streamed live, the event, and then recorded for later viewing. And I will watch the entire event when I can. Um, Lamont and Nicole, uh, what is the lineup 
um, one of you, I imagine, is the MC, and uh, I'd like to hear what the lineup is, if you can share that. Nicole, you want to talk? Uh, no, you're the you're the MC, Lamont. Go ahead. <laughs> and Lamont, I'm not surprised to hear that because you're very you're very good with your presentations, Lamont. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I got a face for radio. Um, good, good morning. Good morning, Tracy. And 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 thank you for coming to our event. Uh, we we um we plan on having some politicians there uh, from from the Atlanta County area, uh, advocates, champions from the very beginning um, that that weren't in their position on election day that uh that supported us before they were in their position. We're also going to have the, uh, the usual suspects, me, Nicole, and Pete. And I just want to give Pete a shout-out because he worked till 4 a.m. And, and I guarantee you, if Nicole and I were not available to do this show this morning, uh-huh. Pete would have done the show. Uh, my teammates have really uh-huh. been determined and, uh, and, 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 like, unstoppable to try to get this done. Uh, so I, I just wanted to say that. And um, we, we plan on having a good time. We want to bring the, the, uh, the casino workers out, and we want to have a lot of energy. And, of course, um, A&R is making sure that the press is going to be there um, just to show the state what an important issue this is. And, and it, it amazes me, even in saying that this is a, an important issue, speaking to other human beings, to say that not working in secondhand smoke is an important issue. It, it's been like that from the beginning for us, almost ridiculous. But we, we didn't understand politics, uh, economics, et cetera, et cetera. The point of the matter is it's inhumane to subject people to that type of environment. And, and, and I implore politicians uh, to think about their families. To take into account that all of the pregnant women that have worked in that environment, that that have had early early pregnancies and and children that have been affected years and years, the the people we know with heart disease. Um, Nicole gave me a list the other day of six women she knows currently with breast cancer. I mean, we're not just talking. This is real. These are real people. And these are real issues that are going on right now. Lamont, let's get to the last break in and to the esteemed panel. We'll be right back. You have Dr. Bob. You have Kim, Lamont, Nicole, Tracy from Americans for Non-Smokers Rights. I'm Harry, and this is... Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Hey, a lot of you know that I learned how to use a firearm when I was 11 years old. I've been practicing my entire life, and people ask me all the time, Hannity, what kind of gun should I get? Well, now I'm telling them, go to Henry Repeating Arms. And I always tell them to start just by going to their website, henryusa.com. You're going to get a free catalog. Now, Henry has over 200 models of rifles and shotguns to choose from. They're made with the finest craftsmanship I've ever seen. And you don't beat their performance. Every one I have was accurate right out of the box and reliable ever since. Their company motto is made in America or not made at all. They have a lifetime warranty, family-owned business. 
And these folks are true patriots who give back to our military, our vets, our first responders, sick kids, you name it. They support gun safety and they support our Second Amendment. So if you're in the market for a high-quality American-made firearm, just go to HenryUSA.com. You get their free catalog, list of dealers, and free decals. HenryUSA.com. You'll love this company. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins this afternoon at 1. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Tom P. sends his regards tomorrow at 5 a.m., my dear friend, Rack and Fin Radio. Dr. Bob Zlotnick, the time is yours. Everybody's still here, including Tracy. Thank you, Harry. Um, <clears throat> I just want to make sure that I thank everybody again for uh, being a part of the panel. Lamont, of course, Nicole, uh, both dealers and both founders of Peace, the Casino Employees Against Smoking's Effects, their colleague Michael Jupin, who called in briefly, and um, Tracy Kennedy from Americans for Non-Smokers' Rights. And last but not least, certainly, is Kim Burns, our tobacco program manager at Atlantic Prevention Resources, who's been working with me for, uh, I'm thinking, about 20 years, 21 years maybe. Kim, how long has it been since uh, you've been working at Atlantic Prevention Resources? 21 years. <laughs> so, Zlotnick, you must be a good boss to work with. With this kind of longevity, Kathy Merlino, McFadden, and and Kim, you got a lot of longevity. That speaks, I always say, that speaks to the boss. We have decade-long employees, several of them. By the way, I know this is off topic, but it's really not because it's an opportunity to speak well of you and your organization, Dr. Bob. It speaks well to you as the president, but it also speaks to the love of the work. Well, it's not work. When you go, when you go to your job every day and do something you love that helps people, that you know, our job is to prevent harm caused to people by substances like tobacco. Uh, there's many other things that we do, but that's not work, Harry. That is something that we do. I mean, we don't we don't just get a paycheck. We actually have a good feeling at the end of the day. Imagine at the end, if I if I could attend the rally, the feeling that I would have at the end of the rally, or imagine when the bill gets signed by the governor. Uh, at a public event somewhere, uh, imagine that feeling that we will have and we will jump up in the air just like when we kicked the habit. Uh, those of us who are former smokers, I include myself, for about <laughs> nine years. But, but you know, remember that commercial, kick the habit? We will jump up and kick our feet together. It'll be like the 70s again. Uh, it'll, it'll be clean air for everybody in a workplace and not clean air from an air filtration system. And I'm not knocking the industry, just like Kim very eloquently point out, pointed out, we're not anti-casino, we're not anti-business, this is just pro-health. It's really not about hurting anybody, attacking anybody. This is about benefiting our friends, our neighbors, our loved ones in their workplace. And, and air filtration, as good as it is, isn't perfect. If you can smell smoke, you're breathing it in. Good point. Who, who is up? I've lost my... Do, and I think that we might have another caller. Kim uh, texted me that we might get somebody from NJPN. NJPN, the New Jersey Prevention Network, has been extremely uh, supportive in this in these efforts over the years as well. They helped sponsor our, our rally last year on the boardwalk to we'll, celebrate 15 yep. years of smoke-free air. Not, not here presently, Bob, but we will keep an eye out for that uh, at uh, 50, almost 54 minutes past the hour. Fortunately, we have until six minutes past the top of the next hour. A reminder, uh, pretty perfect timing right as we sign off at 10.06. 
my friend Brian Kilmeade will take the golden microphone out of my hands and a moment later will be our former governor, Chris Christie, uh, will be Brian Kilmeade's guest coming up right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and, of course, on the WPG Talk Radio app as well. And uh, Governor Christie with Brian coming up right after this program with no separation. We go right from here to Brian. So Governor Christie will be uh, on. I think Brian does a quick uh, top three things that he talks about, and then he'll go right to Governor Christie. Dr. Bob? I'm going to have to let Lamont and Nicole, maybe Nicole could go first, uh, have one of the last words. Because really, if it wasn't for the active members of yeah. Peace, the founders, and, and the ones who do put work every day and don't get a dime um that that we wouldn't even be having this program right now we wouldn't be talking about this so this is great and we have 11 minutes so there's plenty of time for uh everybody to have a final comment on this important topic uh nicole i i just wanted to say um again thank you guys for letting us have a voice um you know this is about people's lives this is about people getting sick i have Dozens of people reach out to me that I don't know um, from other states thanking me, thanking us um, about, you know, speaking up and and they want to spread the awareness to their states. This isn't going to just stop in the state of New Jersey. We were cease is spreading everywhere. A&R is going to help everyone. Um, and like I said, even the people who work in our state, they reach out to me. A lot of them are going through breast cancer treatments. Um, chemotherapy and they're working through it they're actually going to work every day and they uh they're scared to speak up because they have benefits through the casinos and they don't want to lose their benefits because they're worried you know people they don't like sick people right the benefits don't and they don't want to lose their jobs so it's it's real human lives that are, are being affected here and it's it's not just about the smell and it's not you know we're not it's about saving lives this is about not you know going to work and being protected like everyone else in this state we deserve the same right we deserve the same right and uh, i want to thank you guys and i hope everybody um shows up to this rally uh april 12th tuesday 10 a.m oscar mcclinton park in atlantic city and uh, um, we're really excited about this and uh any legislators that hear us please co-sponsor our bill get on because our voices are getting heard and uh your voices will be heard once once you get on that bill and uh show our senate president how important it is so thank you thank you guys absolutely lamont thank you nicole uh, thanks again for uh for all the hard work and the exposure that you've given us uh mr hurley and and since the new administrations come on we have over 40 co-sponsors to our bill and i heard you talking about the the last senate president and nobody spot uh the original co-sponsors i think it had four two primary sponsors and two co-sponsors because they knew the bill would never come up. And now people are jumping on because they know it's the right thing to do. Even if they thought it was the right thing to do before, they weren't doing it. We had an interview with uh, with the lawmaker, and his comment was, and I won't mention the casino, but he said, I like this restaurant because the door... You can go in the in the casino from the outside door without walking through the smelly casino. 
And this is what a lawmaker said. Now, he's a co-sponsor of the bill now, but he wasn't a co-sponsor of the bill before because he knew that, it, like you've been saying, that it probably would have never been heard. But the time is now. This is a human issue. This is a health issue. It's not an economic issue. This is a health issue. Question for question for Bob, and then uh, Kim, time will be yours, and Bob, you'll get the closing word, and we still have. We're, we're pretty good on time. We've got a good six and a half minutes left uh, uninterrupted. Bob, you know these stats because you've mentioned them before on your show, and I think it's just interesting. It's For me, it's more than anecdotal. What percentage of the people are non-smokers versus smokers now? Right now in New Jersey – only about 13% of adults smoke cigarettes or, or vape. I mean, so 87% of New Jersey residents are non-smokers. Wow. So it's, it's ludicrous to me that there's an industry that is catering more than 50% to smokers because in their minds, casino patrons smoke in their minds. And, they, and, and I understand that there's a fear of losing business. From people, but it, it hasn't happened. Look at the casinos. Tracy could tell you. Look at the casinos. The MGM in in Maryland, that you know, right outside of Washington D.C. All the, the casinos in Delaware that have been smoke free for over a decade, they're getting plenty of business. There's a casino, the Parks Casino in Philadelphia, um, which has been smoke free during the pandemic voluntarily still, and is still getting plenty of business. Tracy, you can corroborate this. I'm sure. I'm, Tra- I'm sure you yeah, know Tra- this. Tracy had to jump, Bob, and I'm sorry. I should have told you that a couple of minutes ago. Okay, but 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 I'm I'm not Massachusetts is smoke free too. These these are facts. I mean, eventually, no one will be able to smoke in a casino in the United States. That's a way off. But we can do something locally. So please come out and support your friends, your families, your loved ones, your neighbors who work in the casinos and are exposed to toxic, carcinogenic, secondhand smoke at their workplace every day. And they don't really have a choice. The tib- okay. It's such an important. It's I, I, so important. I didn't want to interrupt, Bob. I'm sorry I stepped on you. Uh, The tobacco manager from Atlantic Prevention Resources is Kim Burns. Kim, closing comment. And then we're going to still have time for a quick lightning round. Yeah, so I just want, we have heard from people, you know, this isn't our issue. I don't work in the casinos. Um, I I don't have friends that work in the casinos. But I just want everyone to picture, um, you know, for 16 years, Uh, Individuals that work in offices, individuals that work in restaurants have been protected from secondhand smoke. Picture yourself sitting in an office and sitting three feet from someone who's able to smoke eight hours a day. Can you imagine? That would never happen. Um, That's what our casino workers are dealing with on a daily basis. So this is not just a casino workers issue. This is an everyone issue. Everyone needs to be up in arms against this because this is a public health issue. Nicole has mentioned several times individuals that she knows that are affected from this, that have cancers, that are going through treatments. You know, we're not just looking at our casino workers. We're looking at their families also in the way that this affects them. So I just call on everyone to make this an everyone issue, not just a casino workers issue. Dr. Bob, a little about four minutes just under in your program. What hasn't been said that needs to be said? 
this is all about people. This is about people's health, their lives, their livelihoods. This is not about uh, economics. This is not about politics, even though we are working with elected officials. It's so important to have the support of the elected officials, especially members of the Health Committee in the New Jersey State Assembly and the New Jersey State Senate. But this is about people's lives. There's really nothing more important. My calling, I mean, I've been working in the nonprofit field since 1992. My calling has been to help people. I'm not in this for the paycheck. Of course, it is nice to get a paycheck. But um, I think we have another caller, Harry. Can you verify that there's uh, another We do, line? in fact, and we'll bring the caller on at your request, Dr. Bob. You are on the air. Go yes. right ahead. Eric. Hi, good morning, everyone. From, uh, uh, hi, Eric. Hi, how's Please everyone doing today? We only have a couple minutes. Um, we're good. Sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Eric. Um, I'm here from the New Jersey Prevention Network. Uh, we're a public health agency that serves statewide. Um, so as a public health agency... We know the public's health as well as the health of the employees of the casinos continue to be at risk as long as smoking is allowed in their work sites. So NJPN fully supports, uh, fully supported workers 15 years ago passing the Smoke-Free Air Act. And we believe it's time for the casino workers and guests to finally do the same and have the same protection, as Kim mentioned. And I just want to kind of continue with what Kim said. This is more than just a casino workers issue. When these workers, you know, they're exposed to these secondhand smokes, when they go home, they're also exposing their family to thirdhand smoking uh, issues and can pass this carcinogens along. So please, everyone, just know that this is an issue for everyone, not just the casino workers. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much. Bob, are you familiar with, um, because you never hear people really talk about that, thirdhand smoke? Yes. This, thank you, Eric. This yeah. is, Eric just dropped a bomb on us with a minute to go. But yeah. really, this is particulate matter, <laughs> smoke, 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 smoke particles that exist in people's clothing, in their hair, and they're walking around with this. If they've worked in a smoking environment, they're walking around, and when they go home, what their clothes have is third-hand smoke particles that can off-gas from their clothing and their personal effects and their hair. This, Harry, you know, you used to work in a casino. You know you had to take your clothes off immediately when you got home and put them somewhere so that you, they didn't you, affect your it, family. I mean, you, I couldn't. I don't know if people do. I couldn't. I couldn't wear a suit more than once. Now, I always I wear a dress shirt once, and they're always dry cleaned. But you can wear a suit a few times. No, not in there you can't. That was one and done. You literally smelled like an ashtray. That was the third-hand smoke that yeah. Eric is referring to. And NJPN has been a huge supporter of this effort as well, and we thank you. Bob, we are down to about a minute. Closing comment. Well, listen, I, uh, uh, as I said, I plan to uh, may, uh, visit family uh, this next week, and uh, so I wouldn't, wasn't able, I'm not able to attend on Tuesday. I'm very sorry for that. Um, it, with this event was scheduled uh, about a month or so after I made my plans, and, and I couldn't change because I hadn't seen my son for a long time. But um, I am I will be there in spirit and my heart is with you, Lamont and Nicole and all of your colleagues at PJ. I don't, don't want to forget Pete. Um, th this is a huge issue. We really need support. So please, everyone who's listening within the sound of my voice, please go out 10 o'clock, uh, 10 a.m. on Tuesday, April 12th to Oster Oscar McClinton Waterfront Park in Atlantic City, uptown near the near the inlet. 
this is a very important issue. Thanks, we really need to close the loophole. And thank you all for being on the show today. This was very powerful, and uh, we've hit the finish line. Dr. Bob, Kim, Nicole, Lamont, thank you for being here. Have a great weekend, and we'll follow up uh, and do some debriefing after the event. Everybody be safe. Have a good weekend. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you all. Brian Kilmeade is here. Governor Christie is going to join him in just a couple of minutes. Tomorrow, live and local, 5 a.m. hour, Tom P., Rack and Fin Radio, 9 a.m. to 12 noon, John DeMassey, 12 noon, Carmen Murata. 